Hey, yo, Internets, what's good? This is Reggie Yosei, and welcome to the second part of our Behind the Beat series. And this is where we break down the sound of Mogul. Now, in the first episode, we spoke with the composers who made the show's original music, Prince Paul, Don Newkirk, and Nana Quabena. And if you haven't heard that episode, I suggest you go back and listen to it right now. Okay, so today we're going to focus on sound design. I mean, you know, the way the music is mixed, the way the sound effects are layered in, and building all of those memorable moments and scenes where your mind makes its own movie. Now, I'm joined in the studio by two people who made all of this happen, Haley Shaw and Matthew Ball. Guys, can you explain what you did on the show? Sure. I'm Haley Shaw. I did sound design and music for the show, and I also mixed all the episodes. Uh, my name is Matthew Bull, and I was the uh, music director on the show. As the music director, I would do a lot of back and forth with the artists that were writing music for the show. And then I was also a, a part of the bigger conceptual ideas of how we were going to use music and and what that was going to mean for the show and, and how it was going to help the narrative along. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's telling you guys that you guys did an amazing, amazing job. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, for real. Um, so let's talk about sound design. Things like gunshots and glass breaking, especially like the the shattered glass aquariums and, and, and bottles popping. Haley, can you talk to us about how you approach the show with regards to these sound elements? For me, the biggest thing was, you know, I started listening to these stories and everyone who was interviewed for this show tells such good stories and does such a good job of painting a picture. And so I wanted these scenes to really feel surreal, but also very visceral I tried to focus on what they actually would have remembered most and exaggerate those things. So <laughs> these moments I wanted to blow up and make larger than life, like the giant aquarium crash. The bottle breaking over Fat Joe's head, or sorry, uh, his shooter's, alleged shooter's yeah, head. Alleged shooter's yeah. <laughs> the white uh, meat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> And, um, you know, certain things like like a big pool splash, something that wasn't as ambient. And I would apply delay to it to make it sort of strange. And like you're not just hearing a splash in a pool, you're hearing a sound object that is crazier than just a splash in a pool. Um, there are a lot of places in which I wanted to play with how we used music. I wanted to create times where we weren't sure if the music was supposed to be in the scene that we were listening to or if it was supposed to be scoring. So was it part of the party scene? Was it the music playing at the party? Or are we hearing it as scoring that's directing our emotions or our directing the narrative along? So I, I wanted to play with that a lot. There's a lot of freedom with working with just audio in that way yeah. where you can... It is all. It is a very musical endeavor to make podcasts right. because it's about pacing and composition, and you know we talk about beats all the time. This beat and this mm -hmm. beat and this beat, like almost as if we're making a song. And so, right. like when you actually put music in it, it's like a sixth sense of like this is happening like this. Let's make the music happen the same way, or vice versa. And so, even with scoring, a lot of times I'll bring in scoring, and then I have a specific time that I want to bring in your voice that's kind of lyrical mm -hmm. like i want it to be mm -hmm. where lyrics would be wow. over that track you wow. know i don't totally. want them to really start at the same time almost ever things like that um so you really get into a rhythm with it and it, it is very musical yeah. as you said 
I think it's amazing that that this story of Chris also uh, provides a history of uh, like a brief history of the of the music. You know, growing up in hip hop, still I'm st- like to to this day I'm still baffled yeah. and amazed by how you know yeah. some of my peers could create some of this stuff out of nothing. Yeah, right. You know? totally. mm-hmm. um, there's so many great moments in this series with music and with sound. Haley, what's your favorite musical moment? My favorite musical moment probably has to be in episode three, Orangey is describing the parties that they would throw, the Def Jam parties. And for me, it was just really fun because not only did we have music from Nana that really captured that essence of just a huge, incredible mansion party. (laughs) Right. And also capturing, I would say, the West Coast sound, which is the G-Funk. and Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that gave me some really good moments to play around with. So, you know, we start outside at that party. We're outside by the pool, and his music is there. We, like, swell into it. And Orange says, we rented a mansion, and I used that as a cue to actually filter Nana's music into the scene. We uh, rented a mansion, and uh, we had uh, shuttles. So I actually filter it down so that it sounds like it's like maybe coming from inside the house and you're outside front. And I use like a champagne cork pop in order to do that. So it happens in one moment. It's really small, but basically what it does is give leeway for the rest of the scene to be couching his voice so that he can tell the story over that ambiance that then slowly grows to the end of the scene. And it also signifies to us like, okay, we've we've heard all of this crazy sound design. Here we are, now we're in this story. And so it gives the listener you're immersed, a sense. You're immersed, you're immersed. In, in that actual environment. Exactly, right. yeah. Amazing. Matt, what about you and why? Um, I think one of my favorite musical moments was um, talking about how Cool Herc made his breaks and how that started hip-hop. The the idea that he, like, he remixed a song by the Incredible Bongo Band that was a remake of a song called Apache by a different band. It was like five times removed. (laughs) And he made something new out of it. That was amazing to me. It blew my mind. And it was like, it's what music is, right. pretty much. It's like, just people like, I love that. I'm going to make something like that. But he just like did it in a way that was super interesting. And yeah, uh, yeah we and could super, listen super to Super effective. Super effective, yeah. And he was doing it like very much for, he, he was just trying to get people to dance. And like, there wasn't a lot of pretension around it, no. which was awesome. It was right. just like, I just like doing this. And then all these people like it. And that's it. Exactly. And it was really nice. Uh, yeah. I really like hearing stories like that. Can we talk about the process of that making episode one? Yeah, episode one was really hard, as episode one is always really hard. Is it? Is it <laughs> For every one? show. Yeah. Right. yeah. Because you're 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 trying to like build the conceit around why people are hearing what they're hearing. And you're trying to like include like this is the entire show in one episode. Right. And then the rest of the show is like you just explaining what you were trying to do in episode one. Um and so the music had to be right. I remember, I think it was you had a big note about the park jams multiple times where it was like, it just doesn't feel like a park jam. Right. Like, 
I don't know how to describe to you how a park jam feels, but that one doesn't feel like it, you know? And so we kept having to go back and try this and try that and ask Paul to do another take, ask Don to do another take. One, at one point, we even just took a Park Jam off YouTube and put it in there to see if that would work. Right. Yeah, sort uh, of just to like <laughs> try to get the right vibe, yeah. like actually try to demo what was right. out there already yeah. so that we could see, okay, does this feel right? And sort of what are we working toward? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just really difficult to get it right and really, really important to get it right. And I think that you uh, specifically had such a vision for it because, once again, you lived it as well. Yeah, and, it, and you and wanted it, had, it to it feel, to like, feel that. like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially yeah. because we we're being so we we're being so truthful about mm-hmm. Chris's life, right? Yeah, and and, and the, the the issue surrounding his death, mm-hmm. we definitely had to be very truthful about the music. Yeah, I definitely felt like, from a sound design perspective, that was just of utmost importance to me uh, because I wasn't there, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I can do my best to embody something, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like, this is not my history. Mm-hmm. And I was not there. And so you have to design based around, like, how can I respect this most? And and how can I get this right? Rather than just throwing whatever in there and just being like, well, it's probably uh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, that was, that was my, my, my main concern is that some members of my audience, my core audience, knowing that I came up in that era, right. like, <laughs> you know, how harsh did they judge me? Like, Reggie, you knew better than that, yeah. you know? So... Like the pressure was yeah. definitely huh? <laughs> as it should be, you know. Yeah. As it should be, I'm glad. Let, let's go to the park jams. It's about six o'clock, they start setting up. Then the music come on, and then you start hearing the music a little bit. So now everybody's like, "Oh, the jam is starting." People run upstairs, put on their good stuff because you know you got the girls in there now. So now you want to make sure you're cute. So you go in there, you put on your new leather, green leather jacket, or you put on your new Pumas. Back in the days, wanted the jam to get a little bit more yeah. full as yeah, the yeah. evening yeah, went yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, I love how you put it outside too. Yeah, like, yeah. that's great. And concrete. Mm-hmm. You can't have, you know, it's not like you're in a room yeah. of plush. You know, you have to. Everyone's enjoying the night air. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely capture it. I love this part. Get busy, y'all. <laughs> You locking and you popping and you moving at the same time and you moving, you got your muscles pushing and you got your shoulders moving and you moving your head one way and then you moving your head the other way. Crazy. <laughs> How close did it get? I mean, it, it definitely, it definitely, I mean, particularly ending with, a, with an actual record. Yeah. Like, like the Pee-wee dance, which mm-hmm. was such a big, yeah. you know, to us back then, that was such a big song because, I mean, you know, there were... You know, when you look at the backdrop of, of what was going on in hip-hop, you had a lot of stuff going on. But when you listen to what was going on within this setting, it was so innocent. It, you know, it's it's, it's so yep. it's, it's a lot of elements going on yep. that weren't innocent. But as kids, being in that in that, in that that circle at the time, it was just so innocent. All we mm-hmm. wanted to do was yeah. do the peewee dance and, <laughs> yeah. and drink and maybe smoke and wear some nice clothes. Yeah. That's all we wanted to do. Yeah. How many versions do you think it took you to, oh to, to get this right? <laughs> oh well, we started God. very early. This was actually the very first scene that we ever tried to score wow. slash sound design yeah. with a totally different composer that n- didn't end up working on the show at all. Right. Like, I don't know. Right, like... 20 at least? Oh, Jesus. man. I don't even know. Yeah. maybe I don't know how many you did, well, but I, I, mean, I did like, f- you know, 10 just with other composers right. and stuff, so... Working on this scene was really fun. Right. And I got to, you know, I got to play and sort of tweak the more we worked on it. I would say my second favorite part is um, 
having to walk through, and I think you guys did an amazing job of, of, of depicting or at least trying to explain the difference at that time between the New York sound and the West Coast sound and really just having to pull out of myself and things that I've learned over the years or things that I've heard. Really what makes both sounds so so different, you know, and, and just how those sounds are really closely associated to the environment. New York is a completely different environment than Los Angeles. And so going into that was pretty fun. Yeah, I loved working on that part. I, I'm glad that you mentioned that part because that was one that gave us a lot of trouble because we really wanted to get it right. And at first we had a bunch of different references right. that we were working with. And then we sort of just boiled it down and realized like we need to just be very clear here. There was an environmental divide between these two places. There are so many things that make the East Coast the East Coast and the West Coast the West Coast. And the music comes out of that. And designing that scene was really fun because we really pushed that up. So we had all of these really aggressive sounds. I put, you know, I made a really aggressive New, New York. York yeah. <laughs> you know, of I course. had some jackhammers, <laughs> I had the train, <laughs> I had all sorts of stuff. I also was able to just play around with, uh, not explicitly, uh, but sneakily making a lot of those sounds on beat. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like that was something that we had conceptualized. And, mm-hmm. and then I had a wave take us into the West Coast. There's only one complaint I have. This is not on, this is not on record. Yeah, yeah. Keep it. <laughs> There's only one compl- complaint I had. Let's put the, and, put and, the complaints and, uh, on there. Matt Nelson and I would go back and forth and I would be like, listen, the the, the Fat Joe scene mm. where he gets shot, I want to hear the cocking mm-hmm. of the of the of the gun and, and but it's in there is it the, the, yeah. is it the cock is it in there yeah it's in there because 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 initially i thought that matt was trying to to brush me off like, yeah yeah we'll get that we'll get to that oh no it's in i i like actually really push for that because essentially what we have is he says the blood starts running down his face yes. and that's when i bring in our musical cue but uh, it's not the beat hasn't dropped yet so it's just wow. it's yeah, just the great. musical cue starting you hear it start to build you kind of get like a bristle on your neck hopefully and then it's boom and yes. the beat drops <laughs> right. that's like that, that's like one of the things yeah. that i pushed for because i was like i have to do this <laughs> like and i knew i had to run yeah. <laughs> and he's running he's yeah. running I actually love like the the way you combine the the, the sounds of a uh, of a of a gun mm-hmm. being fired as well as as popping of like fireworks because it was Fourth of July yeah. and it was just like so it brings that cha- yep. chaotic totally. sense of like yeah. what the hell's going on where yeah. am I am I being shot at did I get mm-hmm. shot are those gunshots or those yeah. fireworks right. yeah. amazing there there is a thing that I think happens where um, when we're building this stuff a sort of literalism kind of seeps in. And like you have to, people want to hear things exactly how you think you're supposed to hear it. Right. And I do think there's room of like representation, especially like musical representation right. or sonification, where you you're creating stuff that isn't the exact thing, but it's pointing to it or or it's making you feel that. And um, an extent, I actually think he did that a really right. good job in a lot of the show of doing that exact thing. Right. We did that with the fifty cent thing too. Yeah. 
The, the idea was like hit the snare nine times really hard. And right. so the snare is representing the gunshots ah. rather than like a pow, 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 pow. Right. But I think right. we ended up doing we, Well, we ended up having a combination of the two. Which, but it was like a musical yeah. way to do yeah. this very obvious thing that we had to do. Ew, man. Yeah. That's yeah. I just love this process. And, and <laughs> it was a def, definitely a difficult process. My, the first time I'm working on something this extensive. But like mm-hmm. every time you guys did your magic, I was like, okay, it, it, this makes sense. We're doing something. Mm-hmm. We're not just. Everyone felt yeah. really passionate about yeah, it. Everyone felt really definitely. good. You guys were amazing. Uh, Matthew Bo, Haley Shaw. Like this has been such an honor to work Thanks with you guys. It's an honor to work yeah. with you. Thank Are you, you kidding? Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, yo, moguls, thank you so much for hanging out with us for this final installment of Behind the Beats. This episode was produced by Meg Driscoll. Our senior producer is Matthew Nelson. We were edited by Caitlin Kenny. Sound design and mixing by Haley Shaw. Music supervision by Matthew Bone. Now, I know you're probably like, fuck, these guys have released more bonus episodes than real episodes. And that's facts. We have. But we figure that as long as you keep fucking with us, we'll give you more and more content. So keep an eye out on your feed because we're going to drop a recording of our live show next. And if you like what we're doing here, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to help others find out about the show. For more bonus content information about the show, follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Mogul. Internets, be safe.